This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm Brandon Deutsch. Arash is not with us today, but we do have all of our friendly, usual people that are around, all a part of the show. Jake Dicker, Grant Mona, Jihei Wiley, all of our co-hosts and producers that come on all the time. How are you guys doing? Let's start with uh, let's start with Jake today. Let's start with Jake. Switch it. I'll just go like what oh, yeah. I see on um, the screen right here. I'm doing well. I mean, what a night we had last night, right? I mean, we got the Rams getting their big win over the Saints, putting themselves in you know a prime position to make to make the playoffs. And as a, I know, I didn't say it the other day, but I'm starting to convince myself they might be able to go in and win a road playoff game. Um, and then right as that was wrapping up, we got the uh, the long-awaited Yoshinobu Yamamoto news. Um, I was going to be happy that he signed wherever because it's going to open up free agency for the rest of the league. But the fact that he's a Dodger, um, I mean, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I'm good because I was a very fortunate Los Angeles sports fan last night. Los Angeles sports is, is not an all-time high. Grant, let's, uh, I know you were at the game. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how your night's been. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, the game was fantastic. That was a playoff atmosphere. Uh, and then, like Jake said, after the game, you're walking out of the stadium and you see John Heyman report that uh, Yamamoto's going to the Dodgers. And it's just like a collection of just insane emotions. Uh, I, I mean, LA's booming. I mean, you, what, what, what can we say except for the Lakers? But we'll, we'll probably get to that. Um, the Clippers finally lost the game, everybody. It, it can happen. The Clippers can lose now. Uh, but the Dodgers are clicking on all cylinders. They won the offseason by a large margin. The Rams look like a contender. Not a huge contender. Let's let's settle down a little bit. The Niners are still the best team in the NFC. Uh, but if there was a team that would pick to beat the Niners in a playoff scenario, it would be the Rams. So, yeah, pretty good. And Jihei, I know I you... Yeah, I, love, I just want to pu just punch in really quick what Jake said about, um, you know, winning away. Bro, the Rams always play away. I don't know about this home field stuff. They always play away. So I think in any contention right now, if you if you take a look at what the Rams did last night, I can definitely see them contending for Super Bowl. I can definitely see that if, if they 
play again the same way. If the defense shows up the exact same way, those blitzes happen, those play calls happen that were just magic last night. Like, I don't know what McVay was on, but man, I want him to take that every single time that he gets onto that field because he was on fire when it came to making those play calls. So um, but that's all I wanted to interject really quick about um, that home field advantage. And yes, we um, we do as Clipper fans. We gotta be realistic. I mean, no Kawhi. How are we gonna win? You know what I'm like. Um, and I think we can say the same thing game. about the Lakers, but we'll get into that too. No LeBron, like, and they <laughs> competed. That was actually an impressive performance from the Lakers. I'm not. I, I don't care what anybody says. But we'll I'm boycotting the Lakers. Yeah, I'm not I mean, watching a game. I'm not making a game football, until they fire. Season. I'm not watching a game until they fire Darvin Ham or Rob Palenka. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, I. I, oh, watch dude, a, I, watch yeah, I know you were in the group chat. I know you were yeah. in the group chat. Saying that, but like you got to expand on that because I didn't read the whole entire thing. Well, yeah, I'm Jake, sure we'll get what are your it. thoughts there. Now let's start there. I, I know we have the Yamamoto Ram stuff, but let's start with the Lakers. You brought it up. I think that's you know a lot of people are wondering what they can do, how can they, how they can prove. Um, I think obviously the obvious part is trade D'Angelo Russell, but uh, that's the most realistic. I think. Uh, path. They're not firing Darvin Ham. They're not going to fire Palenka. But I, I want to hear your thoughts on why. I mean, I talked about it the other day on the show. I, Darvin Ham just doesn't do anything for me. Like, I think if the Lakers showed up to the, the arena every single night with no coaching staff, they'd still be like 15 and 14 or whatever they are. Like, I don't think Darvin Ham adds anything to this team. I, I would sit out there and I watch him run the same sets over and over again that result in LeBron threes or, you know, D'Lo threes that, that don't go in. Um, I mean, the role players are going to do their thing, but the thing about LeBron has always been surrounding with shooting, and I don't think Polink has done a good enough job of doing that. I know he's yeah. going to find a way to remedy it again at the trade deadline like he did last year, but I don't see a path for this team to compete for a championship this year. I just don't. I disagree. I disagree, and I know I, I, I'll let Grant and GA go into that. Um, I don't disagree about the ham stuff. I mean, I, I've always been not a huge fan of his rotations. I mean, you saw Rui Hachimura finally get 34 minutes, and what does he do? You know, he keeps him in the game, 18 points, very efficient, 7 of 12 from the floor. I mean, Rui is one of their best players. He's their fourth best player, in my opinion. He has to play more, and he has to be a bigger he has to have a bigger role on the team, and I do not want him traded. I know a lot of Laker fans are like, oh, send him for Zach Levine. Like, that's not going to fix anything. Nope. Um, as good as Zach Levine is, it's not going to fix the core issue. And you're right. That, I mean, look, Cam Reddish was like a high-risk, high-reward signing by Rob Palinka, and he's played great defense, but his shooting's been hit or miss. Dorian Prince, not a great defender. I like Cam Reddish. I like Cam Reddish. I like, I like Cam Reddish. I like him out of Duke. He plays defense, and the threes will fall. The shots, oh, yeah, the yeah. shots, good enough. I just think the gap between the Lakers and the top of the Western Conference—forget about the Eastern Conference—is so is so vast that you can't make really? it up at the trade deadline and find the find a way for them to match. You can't, well, Brandon. But but Jake's right. You can't win if you have D'Angelo Russell playing the minutes that he is. I, they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. Time. Are right, they? They're going to. They made a so, lot of indication that they may not. They're going to. The Lakers' path trade right now seems to be play this out until a trade deadline see see how things are make the moves that we can at the deadline and then i don't think you have enough time to mesh the way that you have to to go out and try and win a championship i just I, well, it, the yeah. consistency we've seen it we've seen it in sports we've seen it in, in the nba especially with the nuggets and these teams that have been together for a long time and have this cohesive just just flow and the Lakers for the last, I know we want to ring in the bubble. Say what you want. I think it's a real championship. People will tell me otherwise, but since then 
It's been LeBron and AD, and we're just going to rotate guys in and out every year, and nothing works. They made a run last year, the Western Conference Finals, yes, because Palinka was able to work some magic at the deadline, and, and the guys played well down the stretch, right? I don't think that works in sports. You need guys who know, especially in a game like basketball, where it's probably the most team-oriented sport, where guys need to be doing, I mean, a football, basketball, whatever. It's not baseball, where there's a guy at the plate and, you know, he can do his thing and not have to necessarily rely on the other people for production. Everyone has to be a cohesive unit, and the Lakers have not been that for a long time. Yeah, I wanted to add that before Grant goes out on that. I, I disagree for a few reasons. I think the team we saw in the IST is still still can be there. Um, I think they were dominant, and it started on the defensive they play? End. Yeah, but it, I mean, they beat. They were the only team left. I mean, I know the Pacers ended up being two teams that you know would have been tougher for the Lakers. But Phoenix, I mean, I know they haven't been good recently. That's probably a bad example. You're you're right. They they ducked a lot. You know, there were a lot of unfortunate things. Skip they didn't Bayless have to go say, through anybody to win that thing. I know, I know it sounds skip, great. Like they won a tournament, but they didn't. Yeah, that's what some Skip Bayless would say like, "Oh yeah, LeBron dodged all the competition." But you're right. I mean, that's a fair point. They didn't play any of the elite teams. I just think the defense they were playing then, and they had some knockdown shooting from Cam Reddish and Torian Prince. I mean, yeah, they can improve. Um, I don't think training really solves it. I don't. I agree with you. Like, I don't think it can be completely solved. But if LeBron's playing like that and Davis has been playing excellent, Reeves has obviously been great for the last twenty games or so. Like, he's been excellent. If you have that core and you just can get incrementally better on the offensive end and maintain a top ten defensive rating. They have a chance. Like, they do. I mean, I, I think the Nuggets are not as good as they were last year. I'm going to say that right now. Like, could they become what they were last year? Possible. But I think Bruce Brown's a huge loss. Um, I just don't think they're going to do the same thing they did last year. And Grant and I were talking about this on our on our podcast. Like, you can't tell me that Minnesota is a serious threat to win a championship because I haven't seen it. There's been seven guys that have won championships over the past 20 years. We included Jokic last year, but it's been Jokic, Kawhi, LeBron, uh, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and who am I forgetting? Like maybe Tatum in the Celtics can enter that conversation. Like that's one of the teams I'll add that haven't won, like with their star guy. But I just can't, you can't, I cannot take the Timberwolves seriously in a playoff series. I think they would lose to the Lakers in a playoff series. I feel I the way, I felt the way that you feel about the Wolves this year. That's the way I felt about the Nuggets last year. Like, yeah, but I they're not wasn't, ready. They're I, not I said ready. it on this, I said it on this show multiple times that like, that, that, that KCP and Michael Porter Jr. don't concern me, and then they shot three balls down the Lakers. Everyone shoots you know. well against the Lakers, but but Edwards is too young. I mean, I, Chad I, is I, not going to lead them to a championship. I agree with you that we have seen spurts of what how good the Lakers can be, but for me, those are too much of a rarity, and it's not what the norm is in in, in what you Absolutely. need to do in the playoff series. You can't have that. You can't have that show up once every three or four games. And expect, you know, put together a run against the best teams in the league on the path to a championship. You just can't. I agree with you. And before I let Grant go, the last thing I'll add here um, is that you, Jake, the point where I agree with you with is they cannot wait till the trade deadline because then it's like last year where you're trying to, every game's a playoff game in February. You're exhausted by the time you play the Nuggets. You do everything you can to beat the Warriors, right? Like, even if they get to the Western Conference Finals again, it's a loss, right? Like, they were exhausted by that point. I said before the season, for them to win at all this year, they need to stack up wins early. They did that, and then they're now starting to lose. They cannot afford – they need to win, like, six out of their next ten to get back on on this, like, the schedule's trajectory. Tough. Exactly. So I agree with you there. If they cannot be, like, ten games over five hundred. 
by the all-star break, there's like, there's like really, it's going to be extremely difficult in the nuggets probably end up coming out of the West, even though I said they got worse. I mean, they still have Jokic and they find ways to win basketball games. Right. So Grant, go on. What do you think here? Well, this is the thing guys is that around this time last year and around January, we were saying the same, we were saying worse things about the Lakers. And like Jake said, they recouped everything at the deadline and they went on this run. They have a better team now at this point than they did last year at this point. And you can say that they need a big trade. You can say that they need to trade this and that. But I still believe in the roster that they have. I always put up their roster 1 through 12 with the Celtics with depth-wise. Obviously, the Celtics are insane, so it's kind of weird putting yeah, them up against choke. that. They'll uh, will but we can't just put Maybe that if they on as their coach. If, they as if we coach say that the Timberwolves and the Celtics are going to choke, then who does that leave? The Nuggets, Nuggets and the Suns and the Clippers? Like We have the to Lakers. take these teams serious at some point. And I'm taking how the Wolves serious. How can you put the Lakers in the conversation with the Suns and the Clippers and the Nuggets? Like How can you, how can you do oh, that? The Lakers, the, the Lakers tomorrow would beat the Suns in a series. They will show up for games they need to win. Like They just played lackadaisical. They're on a hangover from that in-season tournament championship. At what point is it not about is it not about what we think they can be and what they are and what we see? Yeah, I just don't think the last four, I think it's more of a microcosm of a body of work rather than like what they are. I think what they are isn't defined yet. Like, I think we still don't know. Yes, obviously, I don't think they're playing their best basketball in December. I would hope they're not, but I'm not, I I mean, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. Yeah, but you're telling me right now, like, you don't think there's there's a 0% chance Golden State wins, even though they have Steph Curry? 0% 0% chance that Golden State wins the nat- the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. I would I would say that there is less than 1% chance that the Golden State Warriors they, will win the NBA championship. But the thing is, we've seen seven guys win an NBA championship over the past 20 years. Seven. I know, but things it's are... It's not like I, Anthony I, Edwards is going to win a championship we're not at 22. In, it's not that era anymore. Like it's okay. It's, so it's still too young. They need a few more years. Like they're not going to win a title this year. As good as the metrics look, same thing with the Timberwolves. I think they're both two, three years away. Maybe Tatum enters that conversation, but the big dogs at the top are still at the top. Like it's like Phoenix will probably figure it out. Like LeBron will turn on another like you know. So, Phil, so, in the so Philly can't win the Philly can't win the NBA championship this year because they don't have one of those seven guys. Either just Boston. I just I just think Embiid's a choker in the playoffs. But like I mean, like I just don't think they're they're gifted enough to win. They have two guys they rely upon. Like Boston could. Boston has the roster. But to can't you say that. that same thing about the Lakers that they have two guys who they rely upon? I'd say three. Reeves is great. Reeves. Yeah. Who's the, who's the sure. 76ers three? Like I would take right now. Who who impacts winning more? Tobias Harris or Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves, right? Like. I don't think there's any argument about that. Like, I think Austin Reeves is like, I was the first person to say it before Skip said it, Brock Purdy of the NBA, of the NBA, basically, I guess now that's a bad uh, comparison considering Brock Purdy's like a superstar now and, you know, Reeves is good, but he's not a superstar. Um, But I'm just telling you, Jake, like, I think if, if you coached the Lakers, they'd be like 20 and 10, right? Because you'd play Rui 35 you know, minutes a game and like there's simple fixes so, that Ham won't so do. I, so I would be 20 and 10 and you're in favor of keeping the guy who we're paying a ton of money who's like 15 and 14 <laughs> I never, him, and I, I said never, we should fire him and you were saying I'd be 20 and 10? The rotate, guys, I think we're all in agreement though. The rotation, like I think even LeBron said, there's somebody said this where 
that lineup that was in the Western Conference Finals, they got them to the Western Conference Finals, which was Rui, Reeves, LeBron, Davis, and I think it was Schroeder. But if you can switch them out for somebody else, it was so good. It was such a good lineup, and Darvin Ham is not going to it. So there's an issue with LeBron acted like he didn't like the rotations in his interview. I don't know if he meant that he wants Darvin Ham gone. I don't know if he doesn't like the rotations, the minutes distribution. But it just seemed like LeBron wants players to play, and the coaching staff or Darvin Ham is not putting it. Like Christian Wood was playing great basketball. They don't go to him. Jackson Hayes was playing great basketball. They don't go to him as much. I think there was a stat that, I forgot who it was, but D'Angelo Russell had more minutes than Austin Reeves. That should yeah. never happen. That should never happen. So well, we have a they have a that- roster that can win, right? But Darvin Ham's minutes and his rotations just aren't competent. They're, I, they're never, act, I mean, it feels like Ty Lue and Darvin Ham switched minds. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah, and it also, like, I, I can't take anyone seriously that said Russell is better than Austin Reeves. Like, Russell does not impact winning at a high level. Like, it, it was great last year. Like, he helped win the Lakers a few regular season games, obviously, at Golden State, like, series. He's, he hasn't been that player this year. Like, maybe in the first, like, 10 games, but, like, since then, he's been almost unplayable. Like, I like Torian Prince. I think he has moxie. I know defensively he's a little bit of a liability, but I think he knocked down shots and he gives his all. Like Cam Reddish, like, I think these guys will step up, but I think they're, like, one or two players away, and I think you can probably get that in a Max Christie, like, Jalen Hood, Shafino, um, D'Angelo Russell trade, right? Like, Okay, don't trade Christie. Hood Shafino, like, I mean, no one wants Hood Shafino. He was, the, he was a bad draft pick. Like, they should have taken Hawkes or Pojemski or something. Like, in not, I'm not saying Hood Shafino can't be good because Jake watched him a lot in the Big Ten. He has upside. Like, there's no doubt about it. But like, I love that to, guy. They're trying to win a championship. You don't take a 19-year-old that has no experience, like, that is, like, not NBA ready when you're trying to win a championship, right? Like, that, that was my thing with that pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I no, no. I, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you. I mean, in terms of winning a championship, I think I still think he has the potential to be a very good NBA player, though. Um, he just has he could to be, be better than he, he could, he could be better than D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the rotation like from tonight. I know no LeBron, but like Christian Wood's getting four minutes. Like, what are we doing? Like, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I I think the Lakers, especially against, I think- especially against a team that's running out, like. Two of the tallest, I mean, not tall in terms of, I mean, Cat's not that big, but running go, I mean, they're running two bigs out there. They, and they were against the team with size and they didn't play their size, Jake. So that's kind of, yeah, that's my point. Okay. Just, well, what, what was, what was Ham's most successful, like, lineup against good basketball teams? It was like he had Hayes out there with Davis and Wood or something. Like, he had like three bigs out there and then like, Reeves and LeBron or something and it was like working um, I don't know why he goes away from that because what what I meant to say with why the Lakers don't need to get astronomically better offensively because they have a good defense and they're great in half court defense is they need to use that length and in the playoffs the game slows down like defense wins championships unless you're the Nuggets last year who were just an offensive juggernaut but that's why the Heat got to the finals defense like there were some games Jimmy Butler was terrible there were some games when you know Cade Vincent was terrible and defense kept them in those games they have 
the versatility and the length with Vanderbilt and hey, they just don't utilize them. So I agree with you, Jake. I think Ham has really done a, a horrendous job this year, but I, you know, I think it's early. I think, you know, the players respect him. I think that's important. And basically you never, you never have to have a great coach when LeBron's on the team. Like is Ty Louie that great of a coach? Ty Louie, like I've never thought so. NBA people do. They think he is, but LeBron won him a chip. I don't think Ty Lue won the Cavs a chip. Like, LeBron kind of coaches the team in the fourth quarter anyways. Like, I, we're not going to lie to ourselves about this. I agree. Am I right? I, but yeah. yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's just that my, my thing that me and Jake are trying to explain is that there right now is a significant difference in how the – I mean, the Suns aren't playing well either. How the Clippers are playing, how the Timberwolves are playing, and how the Celtics are playing. And yes, we saw the Lakers do it for a seven-game stretch against under 500 teams and two teams that were okay – but there has to be more than that. There has to be an effort on a daily basis, on a game-to-game basis that I'm just not seeing from them. And like I said with the Clippers, if you're just going to bank on turning it around and clinking it into gear in April, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. You're going to find yourself in the seventh seed again. Yeah, and they probably find a way with the moxie and greatness of LeBron James and the guys they have. They get to like the Western Conference Finals or at least the second round. But like, that's not going to be enough. My point is, we can't just start thinking that this is all going to find a way to work itself out when we watch this team on the floor every other night. And I'm consistently disappointed. We can't just yeah. assume that LeBron's going to do LeBron. Like these the, these other teams. They may not have the names of LeBron James and the Anthony Davises, whatever, but they're playing together like competitive basketball teams that are, you know, they're whatever you're doing, that guy knows what you're about to do and where the ball's going and where he should be and where he needs to go next. Like the Lakers is just, it's not this well-oiled machine that I think you need to be. And I don't think they're going to have enough time to become that if, if they want to win an NBA championship. I'm with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they they need to trade D'Angelo Russell. We're all in agreement there. They need to fix the rotations, use their size and versatility, play Rui Hachimura more. But we'll leave it there when we come back. Going by the same crew, Jake Digger, Graham Mona. We're going to talk some Yamamoto signing to L.A., some L.A. Rams, how big of a threat they are in the NFC. When we come back here on the Mightier 1090 ESP, uh, ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. See you guys when we come back. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Y Sports Radio Network. Not going to go out to the guest uh, hotline for Sporting Tribune because we have the same two brilliant football, basketball, sports minds and Jake Dicker and Grant Mona here 
now in this segment, I'm for you guys, listeners, waiting to hear uh, Yamamoto and uh, the, the Dodgers, of course, the super villain of the MLB and the Rams, of course. But let's start with Yamamoto because, you know, I, I'm not a Dodgers fan and I think this is great for baseball. I don't care what anybody says. I think it is really great for baseball. A lot of people say, oh, we need a salary cap. Why? I mean, the villain, the, uh, a team of this magnitude is excellent for baseball. I don't care what anybody says, but let's hear Jake Dicker's thoughts first, then Grandma. Yeah, I mean, as a Dodger fan, how can you not be excited? I think, you know, people are going to talk about whether it's good or not for baseball. I, I think it's great for baseball. Um, I think having both of these guys in, in this kind of market, um, playing with other superstars is, is only going to help the game. I think one of baseball's biggest problems, and I've always talked about this, is the way that they market their stars. And I mean, the Dodgers is clearly the biggest opportunity that they've had in a very long time to market a lot of guys collectively. Um, so I think that's great. Um, especially a guy like Yamamoto, who's coming over from Japan being able to, you know, it's not like they're trying to market him as as a Cleveland Guardian, right? Like, it, it's very easy for them to, to do this. Um, so I think from just a baseball perspective, it's great. I mean, 12 years, $325 million include, which, you know, you tack on another $50 million in a, in a posting fee. So all in, it's about 12 375 I believe. Um, the deal has two opt-outs. Um, Jeff Passman reported. I'm not sure when those are. I would assume the way he reported them, they're just straight player opt-outs, um, which I mean, isn't necessarily the greatest thing for the Dodgers because that just benefits Yamamoto. But I mean, who cares? Um, I know Garrett Cole has a, like a clause in his deal where after next year he can opt out, but the Yankees are able to negate that opt out if they add an extra year to the end of his contract. So like, I don't think the Dodgers would have done that, but given the way they've structured contracts this offseason, I'm not going to put anything past them. Um, but I mean, Yamamoto is going to be the staff of, I mean, the staff, the ace of this staff for, I mean, I would assume if he's going to, there's an opt out, the first one's probably after year four or year five. So he's here for at least that long. And if he's here for the full 12, I mean, imagine that. So, um, people are going to be pissed that the Dodgers are buying a ring, but I think that they very clearly addressed the biggest problem on this team, which any good team that has failed to win a championship would try to do. Um, and they have the capital to do it. So they found the two best guys on the market and did them with those guys. So, I mean, as a Dodger fan, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of the world. Look, guys, the, the Diamondbacks did this. They're the ones that did this because if it wasn't for the Dodgers, I mean, I think if the Dodgers even got to an NLCS and lost, this still would have happened. They unloaded all the money for, for a reason in the offseason last year and didn't sign any big free agents last year for this. So when people are saying, oh, well, how could you let the Dodgers spend $1.1 billion this was the plan all along. They laid it out for the fans, not just for the fans, but for everybody. And now you have a starting rotation. I'm looking at the starting rotation. Yamamoto, Walker Bueller, who's probably going to be on an, an innings limit, um, rightfully so, Tyler Glasnow, Bobby Miller, and Emmett Sheehan. Uh, and this is without doing another trade, which I'm assuming they could do, Jake, if they wanted to. Uh, maybe unload uh, Michael Bush or Vargas or some one of their top Tony prospects. Tony probably on the way out too. Right, exactly. So now you have assets to work with to even get more, which you could probably get a Corbin Burns or a Dylan Seas if you so want to. But this Yamamoto signing, I mean, I think I can credit a lot of it to Shohei Otani and what he just drew and the kind of player that he already is for this Dodgers organization. I mean, 
he hasn't like I've said in shows past, he hasn't even put a cleat on a field and in a Dodger uniform. And he's already recruiting some of the best players. He is sitting in, in some of these meetings. Um, and for a guy that, you know, like I said, hasn't played at all for the Dodgers, that just goes to show the character of Shohei Otani. Um, he drew the biggest free agent himself in history to the Dodgers. And he drew Yamamoto, who is one of the biggest free agent pitchers coming from Japan in history to the Dodgers. Biggest so, free agent contract for a pitcher in MLB history, and the guy hasn't done a pitch in the league. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I, I can't say enough about how much of an A++++++ this is for a Dodgers offseason. Um, this is what all of the people wanted. You were talking all that talk about the Dodgers losing in the first round. This is what you get. And Andrew Friedman said, this is what we're going to do with all that talk. So for all the people complaining about it, open up the pockets, spend more. It seemed like the Yankees didn't want to go over that $300 million threshold. It seemed like the Mets didn't want to go over that. Actually, it did seem the Mets actually offered 325 and Yamamoto just said, no, I think I want to stay in LA. So, uh, yeah. yeah, all these people saying that the Yankees, well, you know, why didn't he go to the Yankees? The Yankees had a Jersey for him. Listen, they only offered 300. The Dodgers offered 325, and it seemed like Jake, I don't know if he used the New York teams to his advantage. It seemed like he just used them to get more leverage in a deal because it's such a, it just seemed like he turned down every offer and said, yeah, I just want to go to the Dodgers anyway. So, Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the the Yankees were, were at 10 years, 300. So the AAV on his deal there actually would have been a little, it would have been 30 million years at 27 million a year. But I'm sure, you know, those two extra years being that he's 25 and he can take this till he's 37. If you go to, if you hit free agency at, at, uh, what is he, at 35, that's like a very, that's like a very weird, no one's going to give you a long-term contract, but everyone's going to, you're going to have to basically sign one-year deals for the rest of your career, which, you know, doesn't really make sense for anybody. So the two extra years, this will probably, I mean, I would assume would be his last, his, his only deal, unless he opts out, of course, and then signs another one at, at age 30, if he opts out and signs a nine-year deal, if you definitely could see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, people were talking about get him getting 250, 275. And I said it the other day when we were on that, it's going to be pushed over 300 million solely because of the bidding war. I mean, if he wants, there's clearly a number that he and his agent wanted to get to. And they were going to, I mean, they were going to get there. And I don't think that like, this is a crazy number in this day and age, like contracts are, are more expensive now than they ever have been. They're only getting more expensive by the end of this deal. We could look back and be like, Oh my God, $27 million a year for Yamamoto. Like he only got 325 million. Like you never know what, what inflation is going to do to these deals and what these TV deals are going to do to what these contracts look like. So who knows? Yeah, and I'll add this. I mean, I, I, I was saying that I covered the Angels last year. You know, I grew up obviously an Angels fan. And I think Otani made the right decision. Um, in no shape, way, or form did Artie Moreno and the Angels show Otani that they could feasibly win a World Series or even make the playoffs with him. Um, they had their chances. Uh, you know, so when Angel fans get mad, it's like, if I'm Otani, I would sign with the Dodgers. I mean, biggest market, most money. You know, you're still, you don't have to move far. I mean, and he definitely took the reporters that follow him and have to move for him into account by saying, look, you don't have to move. Like you can just come uh, drive an hour. If you live in Anaheim or if you want to move, move an hour away. Like you don't need to pack your bags and move to Toronto in the marketing deals. I mean, everything he's done, he's always been a great guy, a great teammate. Um, that was never fully displayed because the angels were never good. Right. So no one ever really knew um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a great time to be a Dodger fan. It's a great time to be in Los Angeles as a baseball fan. 
Um, I do want to move on, though, to the Rams because, you know, the Yamamoto is obviously great. The Dodgers are going to be expected to win a ring. We all know what comes with all those signings, right? The pressure. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully they don't run into the 84-win Rockies next year. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Rockies are not going to win 84 games. <laughs> I think you can probably guarantee oh, that. Nolan Jones is going to hit, like, 50 homers, and Kyle Freeland yes, is going to have yes. like a 2-4 second, ERA. Second, second coming of a Baldo Jimenez comes back, you know, when he made the when he made the All-Star team back when oh. 10 years ago. Um I, that was crazy, by the way, that one first half of the season he had. He had like a 1.7 ERA in Colorado, <laughs> I remember. This is Obaldo. Like, yeah, you were no hitter, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I, that was like wild <laughs> times. Um, yeah, but I digress. Going to the Rams, huge win. I know the garbage time touchdowns by Carr. Congratulations. The game was pretty much already over. The same thing happened with the Commanders, you know, the previous week. Yes, they need to close out games better. No one is denying that. But man, they look like a wagon. Um, you know, they Stafford looks excellent. It's the best five game stretch I've seen him play in a long time. Um, they should have beat Baltimore. They were right there, and Baltimore is probably you know the second best team in football behind the Niners. I think by most people's metrics, some people might even have them one. The Rams right now are a team no one wants to play. They go into Detroit tomorrow. They probably win. I'm going to say this: if they were to go into Philadelphia. They have a legitimate chance. If they were to go into Dallas, they have a legitimate chance. The only team I'd be like a little pressed to say, okay, I don't know if they're there and can stay with them is a fully healthy 49ers team. But hey, they were already there with them almost to the very end in their first matchup, right? And we'll see, obviously, when they play in week 18. But they're probably the team that um, the Niners do not want to see in the playoffs right now. Like, I'm just going to say it just because, you know, they've beaten them once. It's always in the back of your mind. Doesn't matter how many regular season games the Niners have won against the Rams. They'd all trade it for that one that they lost, right? And that's always in the back of their mind. Um, And Sean McVay is an excellent football coach, but I'm all in on the Rams right now. I think they're a serious threat uh, in the NFC. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go... I'll go, Jake. Actually, you go first. Go no, I, you can go. I just want to say one thing. You said this is the best five game stretch you've seen Stafford play in a long time, and I don't know about five, but the best four game, less less four game stretch I've seen him play in a long time. And Grant's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. At oh my bad. Arizona, four, four, four. Yeah, Tampa yes. at home against the Niners, and at home against the Bengals. Oh so, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I guess we could say regular season stretch because he's playing. Yeah. Yeah, some of the best football I've seen from him since that, Jake, since that 2021 run that he had in the playoffs. I just wanted to find a way to remind Brandon that the Rams won a Super Bowl in the Niners. <laughs> yeah. That's all they I was did. trying to they, do. They, they did. Thank you and for it's, doing And that. it's hopefully the Niners' time. Hopefully the Rams, they had their Super Bowl. Just let us win this one. You can come back next year. We can go toe-to-toe for the tiebreaker. Listen, that's great to have that mentality as a Niners fan, but Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford have other ideas, and so did Les Snead when he made the draft pick of Puka Nakua, when he made the draft pick of Kyron Williams, and both of those guys absolutely showed out last night. Um, Those two guys have changed the complexion of this Rams team. I think without those two guys, and we saw it without Kyron Williams, I think they were one in three without Kyron Williams. When he's in the lineup and when when he's running the way he is healthy, uh, this team is it just adds another dynamic to their offense. And you know, for a lot of the times, you know, Brandon, you mentioned it before we we came on, is that you know, they they get into these lulls at the end of games, right? Where they just give up touchdown. They gave up a long touchdown by Derek Carr. That should never happen in twenty twenty three. Derek Carr threw two bombs that were touchdowns tonight or last night. And uh, it happened against the Commanders too. Their defense gave up two touchdowns in the final five minutes or whatever it may be. 
They got the wins. Sure, they got the wins. I'd like to see the defense cleaned up a little bit at the end. I know they're playing prevent coverage. I know that they're not trying to do too much, not trying to get hurt. They were without Akella Witherspoon at the end of of last week's game against the Commanders. I get it. But if you're going to be a contender and you're going to be playing teams that are going to just run it down your throat to the end of the game, you can't be doing that. So that's one thing. The second thing, Nakua, I mean, I've run out of things to say about how good he is. He's become more dynamic as the season goes on. Sean McVay's using him in, in a variety of different ways, whether it be a jet sweep, whether it be uh, motion in the backfield, whether it be in a slot, or just being a regular receiver running regular routes. Uh, this guy is going to get done in all facets, and this was a Rams team that was on three days rest, guys. That was a team that you know, in the Saints that was also fighting for the playoff lives too. So this is a huge, basically playoff atmosphere game. The, the fans showed out um, at, at SoFi Stadium. It was uh, it was loud in there. Uh, but Matthew Stafford's on a heater. Like I said, he's playing his best football since 2021. Um, he looks healthy. The offensive line's keeping him upright. They have an excellent dynamic running back who just went over a thousand yards rushing. Um, they have a receiver that's over a thousand yard, uh, yards receiving. Uh, in Puka Nakua, they still have Cooper Cup, who's starting to get back into form. It seems like everything's clicking for this team. Although you know there are flaws, their special teams a little bit bad. They have a a kicker issue, which you know I don't know if they're going to solve that um, in the weeks in the coming weeks. They're going to probably have to. Kicking is a huge thing in a playoff series, a playoff stretch. So I don't know what they're going to do there. They seem locked in on Haversick, but. Uh, this team is clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Sean McVay's got these guys pumped up. He's got them motivated. He's got them confident. And uh, like like we've been saying, I mean, if, if there's any team that can beat the Niners and knows the Niners well, I think it's the Rams. And I think the Rams can compete with anybody in football. Anybody. Put them up against the Cowboys. Put them up against the Eagles. If they go into Detroit as a six seed and they're playing the three-seed Lions, I'm taking the Rams. I just do. I know the Lions are very good, and I like Jerry Goff, and I like Dan Campbell, and I like what they're doing over there. But but confidence matters, and being this hot matters going into the playoffs. I think yeah. Jared Goff at home before Jake goes is kind of a different story than him on the road. I think I, I personally would right now rather go to Philadelphia and play, as crazy as it sounds, than Detroit. Like right now, I just think Philadelphia is playing awful football. Jalen Hurts is hurt. I think he's been hurt all year. Um, you know, their offensive play calling without Shane Steichen has been like pretty abysmal besides the tush push. I think Sirianni is kind of getting exposed as a head coach. I mean, he has a great roster. He should be able to win all those games. I think he's a, he's a good coach, but I don't think he's like, you know, as arrogant as he acts. I don't think he's like a top five coach in my personal opinion. And I think at the end of the day, you could expose a team like that really easily with the experience from Stafford. I just think the Lions, I know not much experience, but like that's a game like Goff is going to take close to heart. Like I know McVay knows him and you'll be able to game plan against him, but like so is did, Stafford. They, yeah, so but Stafford. yes, yes, yes. And but it's, it's completely in, it's different indoors. Lions team. It's completely and it's indoors. different I'd Lions rather team. be indoors as a Rams player than over in Philadelphia. You could play. argue, I'm just saying you could argue the Lions are the second best team in the NFC right now. You could argue that. Like, I don't, Dallas is only good at home. Like, if you play Dallas on the road, like, okay, it's tougher. Like, that's why I didn't just include them there. If you played Dallas at SoFi, you guys would win by 20, you know? So I'm just like, I'm just kind of putting it out there. Like, I don't think Detroit's a pushover by any means. Like, I think they're good as long as they get Amon Ra and Laporta involved, like, and they're 
doing it in the trenches, like they're fine. That's a tough. I just think it'd be a really good game. Like as a football fan, I'd want to see Rams, Lions, the storylines, you know, it'd be great. Golf against McVay, like all that stuff. And Stafford back in Detroit. That'd be great. That that would be like the biggest storyline game ever. Um, But I mean, just going back to like the Rams and the way they've been playing. I mean, this is a completely different team than we've seen. I mean, post bye week opposed to pre bye week. I mean, it's literally an entirely different team. Um, The kicking issue, Haversick, like, I really think the fact that um, I know it ended up working out for the Rams and they scored the touchdown at the end of the first half, but the decision to go for it on fourth by New Orleans, I think I think that that Haversick being as shaky as he has been definitely played into their decision to go for it. I think if the Rams have a more reliable kicker, they're not giving them that field goal range, um, that field position. But I mean, Demarcus Robinson, like, hello, Sky scores every single week and is just be electric. Like, thank you very much, Les Snead. Um, Byron, uh, Byron Young, Kobe Turner, one and two among rookies and sacks. Like, the young guys are stepping up along with the veterans playing. I mean, Stafford, is, as we've said, looks unbelievable. Cooper Cup, I know we said went through his little rut for a couple of weeks. He probably wasn't the healthiest guy in the world. Is starting to figure it out once again. Puka had another unbelievable game. Kyron Williams brings this like ground and pound run game to the Rams offense that we haven't seen in an unbelievably long time. Like even with Todd Gurley on the on the field, it wasn't as we're just going to run the ball down your throats as it has been at times this year. And and I love when they do it. And sometimes, I mean, I know McVay has a tendency to go away from it at the goal line, but I would love him to stick with it. I mean, the play calling inside the 10 has been a little questionable, but we're winning games, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't love the idea of going into Philly whatsoever that Brandon thinks is a cakewalk for some reason. Like, I, I don't think going into I think Philly right now. sport. I don't think going into any Philly sporting venue in any sport at any time as a road team is a good thing, ever. Um, Arizona In did. Dallas... Dallas, I don't really want to play either in LA because that's probably a 70-30 Cowboys fan split, as Jihei mentioned earlier. Like that, like that's one of the few teams that I really don't want to come into so I mean, they're not coming into SoFi anyways, so it doesn't matter. But I, I mean, I don't want to go into Jerry's world either. So I guess Detroit is probably the best option for a, a first round playoff game. And then you But then you play you know, the I mean, Niners. Play it. it doesn't matter. You I mean at that point you play whoever's in front of you. You don't really have a choice. Yeah. Everyone's gonna be no, that but that point, sucks for the Niners. Right. Wouldn't the Niners rather play the Cowboys or the Eagles at that point in the divisional round? I don't think the Niners really care who they play because they're so much better than every other team in football. They gotta live up to the hype though. I mean, metrically it's one of the best teams of the last thirty years on both sides of the ball. Like, but Kyle is nothing to Niners fans without a Super Bowl ring. He needs to win. So we'll see what happens there. But I know we have just over a minute left. I did want to say this. Kyron's cuts remind me a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Like when he cuts and gets three yards out of nothing, um, you know, even when the line isn't good, it seems like he's always getting three or four yards. That's like a McCaffrey trait that he has. And I think that really isn't something the Rams have had from a running back, at least since Todd Gurley. So it completely makes their look. Yeah, I mean, you can go toe-to-toe with almost any offense with a running back that can yeah. do that. You know, just lock it in. Okay, we can get four yards. Opens up the passing game. You know, we can go play action on the next play. Look at, like, look at the Rams' offensive numbers in the games that he's played in the games he's missed, and they literally tell the entire story. 100%. I mean, he's a special player. I mean, people are people have always overlooked that guy. Like, that guy was good right from the jump. I don't know what people were thinking there. Puka, too. Like, these BYU guys. I mentioned Fred Warner, a BYU guy, too. Like, there's a lot. Kyle Van Noy, BYU. Like, a lot of guys that get overlooked from... Uh, Jack the Wilson, Mormons. BYU. Yeah. 
of Zach Wilson. Hey, did you see, by the way, before we go real quick, that I guess there's that thing going around the Zach Wilson jersey in the Percy Jackson show, like in the background or something? I have no Apparently, idea what you're referring to. On Twitter, there's like a Zach Wilson um, jersey in in the background of the new Percy Jackson show on Disney. So he's a Zach Wilson truther. But anyways, we'll leave it there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the night. Thank you so much, Jake and Grant, for coming on. This is the Rosh Markazi Show. I'm Brandon Deutsch. Um, thank you so much and stay safe and stay healthy. Happy holidays. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.